Hey, it's April 22nd, 2017. This is Beginner's Puck, a podcast for hockey fans, both new and old. Erica, 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 it is playoff fever. Oh, the madness. It has overtaken me. I, I I I can't even imagine because like Edmonton is rolling out that orange crush thing like hard. It is going hard all in. People are going crazy. Car dealerships are lining up their cars in oiler colors. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's I, the uh, the thing that I was most excited about this past week was I actually went to Rogers Place not for an uh, not for a playoff game there because i can't afford that but uh an away playoff game which they are selling uh five dollar tickets to so i went and watched uh, watched a playoff game with eleven thousand of my closest friends and on the big screen (laughs) and it was amazing and i ate butter chicken and rice uh from a concession stand and yeah it was a great night (laughs) and we won so yay that sounds awesome so it wasn't the game obviously that uh, that what what even happened okay think, we have to talk about that game do we have to talk about that game just really? a little bit okay be, fine. i don't even know what happened there well w- let's look at it this way the oilers uh set a record so that's always exciting it's less exciting when that record is for the like worst loss in the playoffs history zero <laughs> they had zero and they lost to a team that and how much s- how much did the other team have seven <laughs> yeah crazy it was was awful but you know what i think that and this is a thing that i have have witnessed from from other teams as well is that when you lose something that bad it really highlights the deficiencies the things that you need to work on and in the past in my earlier days of oilers fandom that was a thing they struggled with they could not bounce back from starting to lose a game or from losing several games that was that was just tough i feel like this shows how they have matured a lot as a team in that they did not let them get that get them down they bounced back and you know fixed up a lot of the issues that they were having and came back and won a really really exciting game yeah now that's that was what the game they lost was game 3 or 4 uh, it was game three. And so I thought it was game three, yeah, mm-hmm. because it, it's good that they did come back because they were spanked in that game. I mean, yeah. just tail between their legs. That that was just, that was not good. But mm-hmm. it was I was very, very happy when I woke up this morning and checked the score and saw that they had won uh, yesterday because we were recording this on Friday night mm-hmm. as, as the Ottawa Senators have gone into overtime against the Bruins. I'm keeping an eye on that game. So mm-hmm. we'll see, maybe that will... That will come to a conclusion while we're recording. Um, yes. But yeah, these the West Coast games are killing me. Like, I just, they start so late here. And with mm-hmm. as many overtimes that have been happening, I mean, they're just going to the wee hours of the East Coast morning. So I have never been so happy to live in mountain time in my life as during the playoffs this year. <laughs> It's rough. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the early games have to be tough for you guys. But yeah, there's there's late night. There's 10, 1030 starts are mm-hmm. killer. I mean, my work's like I get off work early enough that even the early games, I can usually get home in time to see the beginning. So basically, it's just work and hockey is my life during <laughs> during the first round of the playoffs. That's and I'm OK with that. It's it's been like this hockey fever dream, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. just games coming at you all how the time. Are, yeah, how are you? How are you living through this? This is your first playoffs as it a really as a hardcore fan. Playoffs. 
Well, you know, the intensity of the game is so much more than I anticipated. I guess, you know, I thought, well, it's the playoffs. They're just, you know, it's going to be a continuation of the series that, <laughs> or the regular season with just all the best teams playing. No, uh-uh. it's like a war zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it they're just going hard every single period. And so that has kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I honestly think that some sort of mountain troll has come down and stole every referee's whistle because there's Mm -hmm. nothing being called or very rarely is something being called. And then Mm -hmm. the things that does get called is usually against the team that like your team. So that's annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the the lack of penalties has been... Mm -hmm. um, has been astonishing to me because I'm seeing things happening on ice that you would never get away with during regular season. I know. And it's it, honestly, that is something that has always frustrated me um, every time, every year that that happens. It's because, I mean, the the intent behind it is that they don't want the, they don't want to decide the game based on calling a penalty, which mm-hmm. is dumb because then they just decide the game by not calling the penalty so you're deciding you're you're still actively deciding the game in but this time in favor of the team who's who's being crappy <laughs> to the other team right. you know to to quote the great great canadian band rush if you choose not to decide you still have made a choice just saying i can't believe you pulled rush into this <laughs> i know it's like peak canada right here uh, actually i heard so much more rush when i lived in the states than i do now so <laughs> just saying it's rush is a band that everybody in the united states thinks every canadian loves and that's not quite true okay all right that hashtag canada fun. facts <laughs> <laughs> very funny very funny to me <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think, but the intensity of it has definitely surprised me the most. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you're just looking at some of these games and, you know, typically during even a pretty hard fought game, you know, the first and second periods, you know, everybody's kind of loping through, getting the feel of the ice, figuring out, you know, weaknesses here and there. I mean, not that they're taking it easy, but mm-hmm. usually, you know, that you, you get a much more intense period the third period usually like depending on how close the game is is sort of everybody's throwing everything at it well this is just like everything is the third period and Mm -hmm. final five minutes of the third period so i can't they must be exhausted i know (laughs) yeah really exhausted i i remember the first time i paid attention to the playoffs and steven had told me that that playoff hockey is just just something different and i like you i was just like oh okay sure it just it you can hear those words and until you really start watching and paying attention it doesn't like you just you have to experience it as a fan to really understand because it is a just a different feeling it really is which is exciting because it's exciting to have the oilers in the playoffs because this is this is this is my first time with my team in the playoffs, and that hasn't hadn't happened before, so it's oh. still it's still new for me. It's very it's. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> You'll get there. I, You'll get there uh, someday. Fingers crossed. Someday. Well, our minor league team, our AHL team, is in the playoffs, so that's exciting. Ooh. Um, yeah, and they're bringing mm-hmm. up a lot of the prospects. Um, you know, kids are just being signed all over the place these days because, you know, the kids that are kind of aging out of juniors and mm-hmm. the, the NCAA kids, you know, who may not have been drafted or all of a sudden, you know, have teams sniffing around them. So there's <laughs> there's lots of new blood entering the leagues right now. So that's kind of fun. It is. But, um, yeah, so we're, we're almost at the end of round one. We've had three teams eliminated already, mm-hmm. which has 
one was very exciting <laughs> to me anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, the Penguins are, the Penguins Blue Jacket series was just brutal. That was like some brutal hockey being mm-hmm. played. And it wasn't, you know, basically, of course, the Penguins won, but it wasn't a cakewalk for them. Mm-mm. Um at least you know i uh, again i have not watched every game of every you know sort of match just because mm-hmm. there's too much hockey and, and, <laughs> but i've tried to you're only one woman i am oh as i have said this before i'm only one woman i can't watch it all i try to listen at least follow along and pay attention but mm-hmm. um but those games they you know most of the games were pretty tight they went down to the it was just battling mm-hmm. you know poor zach Wernski's face got broken at one point <laughs> oh it, that was that was rough yeah, Eve. that was really rough. Um, so that it, it, that was a good. I, you know, Columbus can walk out of that with their head held high. You know, first of all, nobody mm-hmm. thought they were going to get where they were, uh, and, and have yeah. the amazing run that they did. But yeah, I don't know if you got a chance to see any of those games, but they were they mm-hmm. were bashing. Not all of them, but enough to to really. And I I just I have a soft spot for the Blue Jackets. I just think they're. I mean, they have a cannon. <laughs> They have a cannon in their in their arena, which I think is amazing. And and yeah, the the idea of of that team who was really not expected to go that far, like you said, and going on their crazy winning streak in the middle of the season and and just, you know, holding their own against the Penguins is, you know, last year's Stanley Cup champions. That's that's something to be proud of. So I'm absolutely did. They weren't swept. They, you know, they did win one game. So. And it, the, the couple of the games are really close. You yep. know, they just it wasn't a cakewalk. They didn't come in and steamroll them. So mm-hmm. good for them. And then you have the the poor the Anaheim Ducks and the Calgary Flames, which was which was a sweep. That was just oh. depressing. I mean, I'm yeah. Anaheim is not not my team. Uh, Calgary also not my team because you know they're my rival in in, in province rival. Um, so it just it somehow seemed kind of like poetically just that my local rival, the one time I'm cheering for them, <laughs> is the time that they just lose every game. Ugh. That's what it I was, get for cheering against them most of the it year. It wasn't good hockey either. I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. watching any of those games. It just. No, I just I just feel bad for him. I don't like being put in a position where I have to feel bad for you know one of my big rival teams. That's just not fair. Yeah. And it just was you know looking at Johnny Grudeau's face, which is so Aww. expressive. He just always looks like that kid whose mom didn't make him pizza rolls when he really wanted them. You know, because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he looks like he's about eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know he's a full grown man, but. He just has. He's got a baby face. So expressive. He has such a baby face, and he's so wee, mm-hmm. and he just always. His if somebody has gift his faces for like all of his expressions during this playoff series, it would just be mm-hmm. epic. Yeah, so, if yeah. you have, please tweet us at Beginners Puck. Please, please do. Any of the Tumblr hockey fan girls out there, like send. Please send me sad Johnny Godot gifts because. <laughs> They just, uh, oh, my heart. And he's a Jersey boy. So, you know, mm-hmm. like a little soft spot for, for Johnny Hockey. Um, but then there was the best, there was the best playoff series. It was the <sighs> the best one. I'm still and glowing. it was a sweep. I know. It broke my bracket. It shattered my bracket. Mm-hmm. And I've never been happier yep. to, to like lose it the first go around. So the number one team. In the Central Conference, the winner of the Central Conference, the Chicago Blackhawks, the epic, storied Chicago Blackhawks, mm-hmm. America's team, was swept. 
decidedly. Mm -hmm. Like not even, it wasn't that they just lost four games in a row. They were shut out (laughs) for for two of the games. Repeatedly, yeah. Repeatedly. Mm -hmm. They had a total of three goals the entire series. And of course, Mm -hmm. Nashville Predators, who were the eighth seed, just cleaned their clocks, stamped an expiration date on their rear ends, and packaged them off back to home. Oh, it was it was beautiful. It was a glorious, glorious thing. I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin, so uh, you know any Chicago team is sort of automatically the enemy in in sports talk. So I I wouldn't be have been predisposed to like them anyway. But they just they've they have been in the spotlight for so many years. They just they're. In some ways, they are sort of like the Toronto Maple Leafs of the United States, or certainly like mm-hmm. the Central Division. Um, yes, and in even you know even toward the West, they just they get so much press, and that tends to grate on my nerves a little bit. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was fun to see. And Nashville, I have family in Nashville. I love their uniforms. I think that the the hockey crowd there, the fandom is just awesome. They have a really, really enthusiastic and dedicated fan base. And that is a thing that I think is really cool. Chicago, my sister lives in Chicago and she's constantly complaining about how it's such a, a fair weather fan team. I mean, mm-hmm. there are pockets of people who are true, you know, tried and true fans, but overall in a city that big, you get a lot of fair weather fans. So I think Nashville is a little bit more kind of a, a smaller, but more cozy and dedicated fan base which is something that just that speaks to my heart so i was happy to see them see them yeah, take and of it. course being being nashville they've had some amazing singers for the national anthem mm-hmm. so it's like oh who can we shake the tree and get today let's have carrie underwood who yeah. also happens to be married to their captain yeah. mike fisher um and then let luke bryan sang last night and i'm not a huge country music fan but they're names that i recognize so apparently mm-hmm. they must be really big like if i know who they are so <laughs> which i just think is kind of cool that because hockey is so not a southern usa thing and i'm not talking mm-hmm. like southern as in the sun belt i'm talking like deep south mm-hmm. which tennessee let's face it so to see this is football country people you mm-hmm. know to see um to see it embraced like that they went bonkers mm-hmm. um, and flipped a car but it was it was a car that was meant to be flipped yes. so <laughs> anybody like gets all upset they're actually mm-hmm. i i was reading a thing about this is that they um they have a car at every game that's painted I don't know if it's every game or if it's just playoff games. It sounded like it was every game. That is, and if any Nashville Predator fans out there, feel free <laughs> to correct us because I thought this was kind of fun. But they paint it in the opposing team's colors and then they auction off chances to like whack it with a sledgehammer <laughs> so for genius. charity, right? So apparently it got whacked and flipped last night. <laughs> So. See, that's that is so smart. I mean, it's, like I said, I'm I'm from Wisconsin and I lived in Madison for many years and when the the Badgers football team would would win big games, there would be happy riots on the street, you know, flipping cars and setting trees on fire and that sort of thing and this is genius you to to set a car aside ahead of time that is that is flippable. It's supposed to be flipped. That's that's just really smart. That's good thinking, Nashville. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm not sure that it's supposed to be flipped because maybe not. That would be an insurance liability. But (laughs) if you're going to have controlled rioting, Mm -hmm. might as well have better than flipping someone's completely undamaged, like still in use car. Yeah, exactly. Because boy, that would like make the next morning kind of suck a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so we still have a couple games going on. We had tonight uh, Washington-Toronto was going into game five, tied, Mm -hmm. and of course went into overtime again. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a chippy little game tonight, and I, Uh you know, we saw Ovechkin taken out by a hip check, sort of. It actually took him out at the knee. by Nazim Kadri, so that and Ovechkin went down and didn't get up for a while, which I hate that. That's not an Ovechkin thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think I was listening because I was listening to this on the way home from a softball game tonight, and they said he's only missed like seven games in the since I don't know he was born. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ever. And they said, and they weren't even injury related. Like some of them were like personal family things. Like he had to go and do stuff. So he just doesn't, like that's not his thing. You know what I mean? Like he just plays through stuff and he just has his constitution. He's this big Russian thing, you know? Yep. Like they eat nails and sleep in snow, I guess. <laughs> so when he's down and needs to be helped off the ice into the dressing room, like, like oh my God. Big deal. That's a big deal. Like, yeah, it's a big deal. I honestly thought that there was going to be a hit on Kadri. He was just going to die. Like, this was the last time we'd ever see him play because... Well, I I can't say I'd lose any sleep over that because he's... Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the I kind was, of player who does that sort of thing more often than I like in a player. So, yeah. yeah. He's dirty. A little dirty. Mm-hmm. So, and it kind of hurt my heart a little bit because I discovered the gut. <sighs> you did. I did. Mm-hmm. So hockey gut. When we were talking last, our last episode about you know who was going to be Mister Right now, and I threw my lot in, pledged my troth to Washington Capitals, and then we were actually recording our other podcast mm-hmm. on Monday night when the game went into overtime. Was that the double overtime game? I can't remember, but um, they're all starting to blur together. It's this mm-hmm. fever dream, and as we were recording, I had my phone with the NHL scores next to me. Yes, I wasn't paying all that much attention to the, our podcast recording at times. Deb, I actually had the game on my other <laughs> screen, so <laughs> it was bad. We were like on Slack while we're recording a podcast talking about hockey. Yeah, don't tell um, our other podcast people. Don't tell our other podcast that. Shh, it's a secret. Um, and I found myself in the middle of that game like starting to root for Toronto like mm-hmm. mid game and I'm like what is happening here but it was as much as like my head wants Washington to win mm-hmm. my heart was just like falling for team chaos because they're just <laughs> that is the best I, description of the current <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs team I think I've ever heard yeah definitely and I think actually Rachel may have coined that first mm-hmm. our friend Rachel did. From, from, from the from Hockey Feels podcast Hockey Feels podcast um I just don't know. It was just, it's just an emotional response. So I'm kind of in a win-win situation because I'm happy if either one of those teams win. That's true. Um, I don't know. I would like to say that Toronto doesn't have the staying power to go up against Pittsburgh, but I don't think Washington does either, to be Mm -hmm. honest. So it's all good. It's all good. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I was really happy until like they started playing a little dirty tonight and took out Ovi, and that didn't make me happy. Yeah, so no, I was like, no good there. 
stepping back a little bit from this. So. Yes, but the one thing that that I, I learned fast to recognize in hockey is that just because one player is dirty, the whole team isn't. So like you can still have your love for for your little hockey babies, you know, Matthews and and Marner and and all those those <gasps> fellows, and you know you can you can just you can just save your white hot hockey hatred for players like Kadri. Yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. real happy with him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in the tomorrow night, of course, we have the Oilers coming back. Yes, we do. Stephen and I have decided we are probably going to go, if we can still get tickets, uh, down to the rink and watch the away game with thousands of our thousands of our friends on the big screen, uh, in part because Stephen was saying that, that it's better for his nerves if he's surrounded by a lot of people because then he keeps himself in check a little bit more. There's less screaming and punching of couch cushions. So... That'll oh, be that's good. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we've got the Blues in the Wild, which the Blues could clinch it tomorrow night. Um, they <laughs> have, you know, the Wild did come back and win the last game, but it's, I, I think it's just a little too late for them, honestly. It They've probably is, but in, in any contest where I don't care all that much about who wins it, I basically just kind of go every other and root for for one team and then the other just because I want more hockey games to watch. So mm-hmm. I just want it to go as long as possible. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep rooting for Minnesota for a while. Well, that's what's happening with the Canadians and, and the Rangers. Like it's mm-hmm. it, they're just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, that looks like it, it could go to it could go to seven. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. It'll probably go um, to seven in at least one overtime. You know, and then it'll just like, I will be a ball of tension curled up on the floor. (laughs) It has been like that, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. We actually, we we had our Slack, or excuse me, our Skype night where a bunch of us were just watching hockey together and talking over Skype, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, we were all at one point watching different games, like telling each other, like (laughs) when to turn the TV on because there was an NHL lag. I was watching it on television. Some people were watching Mm -hmm. on their computers. So... Yeah, the tension is just it was thick. Yeah, it's been it's been thick. But there has been some other stuff happening in the world of hockey. We're just going to touch on that really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that teams are being eliminated, more players are being named to the Canada and U.S. World's Men's World Championships team. So Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Goudreau was added today. He was. So see, it's a good thing that Calgary got swept because now Johnny Goudreau gets an international stage. Yes, he does. In Germany and Paris. I mean, why not? So you lose the playoffs, but you get to go play like really good hockey with other people. Mm-hmm. And there Europe. was a rumor that Patrick Kane has also been named to the team, but that has not been confirmed. And mm. frankly, I heard the I rumor. Care. I didn't realize it had not been confirmed. OK, I yeah, it was it. The way that it, it was being tweeted around from authoritative sources, it sounded like it was a done deal, but that was not confirmed on the USA mm-hmm. Hockey website. So until it's there, I'm not counting it. Yep. I'm with um, you. And I just, and so they, ha- I think they can name up to 25 people on the roster. And both Canada and USA are holding it about 18, 19. And you know, they're just waiting for this next round of, yep. of teams to be eliminated. And I just, Team USA is probably like drooling right now, waiting for Toronto to be eliminated so they can like grab Austin Matthews. <laughs> uh, the American superstar. Right. At which point, Toronto sports fans' cheese is going to slide right off of their cracker. <laughs> oh, I see. I this is this is probably the number one reason that I 
that I really want Washington to win because Toronto fans, so Toronto media is basically what has made, turned me against uh, Toronto. But the Toronto fans also just get get their undies in a twist sometimes. I Wasn't it um, Austin Matthews tweeted something nice to the men's team in... I don't even remember what it was. Oh, it, was, was ju- it was it was it was Junior Worlds. Yes, yeah, it was Juniors. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, was like, "Go Team USA," because he played for that team. Like there was yep. people on that team he played with, and he, you know, put a little American flag emoji on his tweet. It was cute. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. was ugly. Toronto <laughs> losing their losing their their cheese off their crackers, so to speak. And yeah, calling him a traitor. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. It's really you don't cross the border and become Canadian immediately, as you know. Yes, I know that all too well. It takes a while. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so that's kind of fun. And we'll put some link in the show notes to those rosters that have been announced so far. Lots of good players. Team USA seems to be taking this more seriously, which is, you know, we talked about that in that that wasn't always the case. But yeah, more seriously may- than in the past, not more seriously than Canada, right? No, no, no. That's true. Not more seriously than Canada, but definitely more seriously than they had in the past. So and there was I was reading an article that said um, Dylan Larkin has really been a force behind that, like sort of personally rallying people. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Um, yeah. So this is going to be interesting because, again, it used to be a lot of AHL and a lot of NCAA players, which, you know, that's not bad. But when you're up against teams that are bringing all the NHL players in, it's just the optics of that just aren't necessarily as good. And you know, the quality of play might be a little little uneven so yeah mm-hmm. uh, so that's exciting and we've had some more uh, coach go round news so <sighs> yeah. talk about sweeping <laughs> yeah <can't> right just... <laughs> so as we as we heard the rumor in our last episode Dallas Stars have indeed brought on Ken Hitchcock as their coach mm-hmm. so there's been some press from him um, you know the usual this is what we're going to do and this is what we can do you know sort of mm-hmm. stuff that they do off season um, Vegas Golden Knights have finally hired their coach, which is very exciting mm-hmm. um, because that's, you know, that uh, starting from I'm, scratch is that's interesting. And knowing yeah. who the coach is, I mean, if you're familiar with that coach and their style, that kind of gives you an idea as to the sort of the flavor of the, the team and the organization that you are yeah, going to be getting. Yeah, it's because it's uh, Gerard Gallant, who was formerly the Florida Panthers coach, who we talked about a lot in the last episode as well. Um, and I do remember reading when he was let go, the players were really, really upset. Um, <laughs> it's not the case in Buffalo, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, because he has a reputation, from what I understand, as, as really being a player coach. Mm. And... I think if that's if this is true and if all these reports and things that I have read and that is the case, I think that is such a brilliant move for mm-hmm. an expansion team because you've this is the, you're now you're just got a lot of clay here. Do you know what I mean? That you yep. have to kind of mold into something. And I think that, you know, you, if you don't feel that connection and that partnership with your coach, it's not like you're bringing in a bunch of 
top line player or you're stepping into a situation where you have a lot of elite players and you just have to kind of whip them into shape. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to you have to create something out of whole cloth here. So, yep. And it's also not like you're just taking over a team that already mm-hmm. has some bonds between the players. You know, some even culture, if they're, you know, yeah, even if they're not elite players like they they're they're together and they've, they've had that. This is this is a bunch of disparate players coming from a whole bunch of different places. So the idea of really getting in there and creating emotional bonds is super important and having a a coach who is a player style coach is that's you're right that's a really smart move yeah I was I I thought that was pretty good because there's lots of coaches out there now there's there's a new one because the Buffalo Sabres just yesterday as we're recording this on Friday uh, pulled an LA Kings move and (laughs) fired both their GM and their head coach so um Mm-hmm. There, and there's been lots of sort of underground rumbling at how the players really weren't happy with the coach. And then there was a story that came out that Jack Eichel, who uh, I guess his contract is up for an extension or what, how, I haven't looked at his his cap friendly stats for a while. So I'm not sure where he is in his contract. Um, but basically, he wasn't going to sign an extension if this coach wasn't here. And he said, no, I never said that. It was all blown out of proportion. So um but yeah, there there's been a lot of there's been a lot of grumbling out of Buffalo about the coaching style and just how things weren't working. And that and, you know mm-hmm. that team's been in rebuild for ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like Buffalo. I mean, I I don't have a long hockey history with them, so I've I've really sort of absorbed a lot of of hockey received wisdom and nostalgia weirdly from from Steven since he's the one who's taught me a lot and he quite likes Buffalo so so they're a they're a team that our household really has a soft spot for so I'm hoping that this will be a move that ends up being really good for the team because I mean and Jack Eichel is such a good player I would really like to see him supported by a team that is able to sort of you know not exactly match his skill level but to be the support structure that a player of his caliber really deserves. Yeah, I did have to laugh because like hockey fans are so incredibly salty. And there's been a couple really fun Wikipedia edits this week. (laughs) Um, There was one for the Oilers, wasn't there, Erica? Oh, Jesus. We're talking about this again, aren't we? (laughs) Yes, we are. Yes, there is a uh, there the the Wikipedia entry for largest oil spills in the world. You know, Exxon Valdez type things. Yeah, some joker edited it to make the largest oil spill in the world. Um, the Edmonton Oilers uh, at the SAP Center on the date of their zero seven loss. Yeah, so was very very funny, funny no Wikipedia jokers. But it's been screen capped all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a very funny uh, Wikipedia entry about the Buffalo Sabres where it had, you know, just the the, the team's little breakdown of stats. It was, you know, team colors and team formation. And then it was um, team owner, owner, Jack Eichel, GAM, Jack Eichel, head coach, Jack Eichel. So. <laughs> It was very funny. So people are, are <sighs> saying that. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of funny um, photoshops of uh, Times 100 most influential people. And there's a picture of Jack Eichel holding a hockey stick. So <laughs> whatever happened, people are saying, yeah, Jack pushed him out. But I, mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't think one player has that power. But you know, they've no. been having some problems there for a while. So mm-hmm. and once a, it, it's, I think it's like any organization, like once things sour... It's really hard to pull back from that. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like in a working situation, you have a coworker who just 
it's, you know, you just yeah. don't have that relationship with, and it's just constantly undermining things. It just doesn't get better until you change change the culture. So. Yep, it's so much easier to slide downhill than it is to climb back uphill. That's just yes, how it, it works. Is. That's 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 physics, man. Yep, that's how it works. There was an apple in a tree and it fell, and this is how we know that buffalo <laughs> yep. sabers were never going to get any better under that coach. All right. So, oh my gosh, I'm looking at the score. Bruins and Senators, they're still they're still tied. Uh-huh. They're still in overtime. They've got yep. I don't know. Like I I may have time. the game on. So, um <laughs> See, God, we're the worst podcasters. And yep. we're so we're so No, we're just dedicated to our hockey, which makes us yes. great podcasters on this podcast. This is true. Mm-hmm. For this podcast, we're a little lax in the other podcast. So yeah, two games tonight in overtimes. But you know something, Erica? Mm-hmm. I think it's time we learn something new about hockey. Good idea. But we chat about overtimes. It's time for What the Puck? The things that everyone knows, but we all had to learn sometime. So Erica, What the Puck is up with all of these overtimes? This is ridiculous. Um, it's it, it's not more than we've ever had before for for a playoff first uh, first round, um, but we're getting close. As a matter of fact, the the uh, record for the most overtimes overtime games in playoffs happened in 2013, and there were 17 17 games that went into overtime. So that's you know that's a lot, but. Tonight, actually, before the games tonight started tonight, we were at 13. And now since two of tonight's games have gone into overtime, one of which is, is still in overtime, as you just said. Yeah, we're at 15. And oh we're not done yet. And because now I don't know how uh, how many games each series went to in in 2013 but we've had we've had some short series here you know we had we had a sweep (laughs) we had two sweeps we've had you know some you know a couple other teams already knocked out so I think the fact that to me it has felt like there's been even more overtime than in previous years I think that that is borne out because the density of overtime like Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody should a stats nerd should go through and figure out the percentage of overtime games like per per game like per capita Mm-hmm. And and tell us if it is actually thicker because I feel like it is, um, and and there's, it's also you know there's stats nerds working on that right now. Like, <laughs> I there's love no it. doubt in my mind. You're my favorite stats nerds. I love you. <sighs> but yeah, it's one of the other reasons that the overtimes seem like they're so much more intense is in part because you know as we were talking about overtimes are intense or I mean you know playoffs are intense, but overtime in the playoffs is different from overtimes in the regular season at this point. Now, the rules of this, as the rules of pretty much anything in hockey, have changed over the years. But currently, overtimes in the playoffs, that's just another regular period of hockey. Five on five, it's 20 minutes long, uh, or until somebody scores. So Right. So if you've been watching hockey during the regular season and a team is tied at the end of their 60 minutes or three 20-minute periods, you go into overtime, but the overtime is a little bit different. So it's a five minute overtime where you have three on three. So you have three players against three players and a goalie. So it's actually four on four. Um, <laughs> but you, 
and it's interesting how coaches will play that three on three. So you might have three forwards out there. You might have two forwards and a defenseman. So there's a lot of strategy that goes into three on three hockey. Yeah, um, and it's and it's also different because when you only have three players on the ice, possession is kind of the most mm. important thing because it's really hard to get the puck back from the other team if there's only three of you and three of them. It's a lot of open ice, and it really the ice gets bigger. Yes, and it makes it 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 kind of weights it for if you have a team that's got you know one or two really good hot shot players because they're mm. going to be able to skate around everybody else and take the puck to the net again and again. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but. What happens at the end of the five minutes if your team is still tied? Then you go to a thing called a shootout. And a shootout is basically your teams, that each team takes turns throwing a player up there to try, for one player to try to score on the goalie. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a big fan of the shootout just because it's like it all comes down to the skill of one player you know, rather than a team thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just and it just makes my stomach hurt watching it's, it because it's true. too tense. It's a really controversial sort of thing. There are yeah. many people who deeply, deeply despise the shootout. I myself actually don't mind it because I think that, that actually, like, you see breakaways in, in hockey more often than you see than you see now, three on explain three. What a break, now, explain what a breakaway is, because ah. this is our what the puck section. Good point. Yes. So a breakaway is when, in a regular period of hockey, when most of the players are kind of down at one end of the ice, you know, shooting at the, shooting at the net, and one of the players from the team uh, who, is, who is sort of being attacked nabs the puck, skates all the way down the ice and basically breaks away from the rest of the players. So they have the puck. They're by themselves. They don't have any defensive players in front of them except for the goalie that they're firing on. So the shootout was was designed to sort of mimic a breakaway situation. The 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 player who is is shooting the puck starts at center ice. They can get like a little, the puck starts at center ice. They can get a running start, and then they take the puck down, and it's just player on goalie. And that you know people say it's very artificial, but it is something that we see happen during actual hockey games. So I don't feel like it's as artificial as people say. The artificiality comes from the fact that you have you know <laughs> dueling dueling breakaways. So you've got you know one team. And then another team and then, you know, back and forth with that. So it, it really is it really is all on that one player and the goalie. Like, let's not forget about the goalie, because if you have a really good goalie, you're going to do better in, in shootouts than a team that doesn't. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. So and the shootout can go a while. You know, if nobody's scoring, that's fine. And it basically just goes until, you know, mm-hmm. the, the team score. The other team comes back and doesn't score on them. So yeah. you have opportunity well, yeah. to. Although you do actually have each team gets a minimum of three shots. So you start right. off, you know, going back and forth three times. So if one if one team scores twice and the other team only scores once during those three that they've each tried, then, yeah, that first team then wins. But then it's You're just back and forth and back and forth and I, I remember one that went to like 19 rounds of a shootout it was ridiculous because every time a team would score the other team would also score so they'd have to go to the next one it's pretty Keep intense going. it was very intense now this is a relatively new phenomenon it only was adopted in 2015 and only began in the 2015-2016 season yeah so, so it's real new 
that's very new. So there's been all sorts of overtime, like how do we manage overtime? And the Wikipedia page on that's pretty interesting and in talking about the history of the evolving this. But I think the players really like the three on three. I'm not sure how they feel about the shootout, but I've, I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of people say they like the bigger ice. Yeah. that. As, but a, now as a viewer, I quite like it too, because it's really exciting. It is very exciting. Three on three is very exciting. So now during the playoffs, they've thrown all of this out the window. Mm-hmm. And if there is a tie... You just get another period. You get another 20 yep. minutes to play until one team gets Scores. a goal. The golden goal. Like one one goal decides as soon as that goal is scored, everybody, the losing team, shuffles off the ice in shame. The winning team waves their sticks around and mm-hmm. it's all good. The, the game is over. Now. Yep. Sudden death. Sudden death. At the end of that overtime, if teams are still tied, you just get another 20 minutes added on. And this mm-hmm. can go on and on. It typically does it. Now the... There was a there was a game that went to double overtime uh, with Washington mm-hmm. Toronto this past week, and that was like oh my god, very tense. Mm-hmm. But there was a game in Norway in March of this year mm-hmm. that went to eight overtimes. That's the game lasted almost eight and a half hours. I just can't imagine because I mean I've I've seen games with double and triple overtimes before, and I mean if you have a game that goes into a single overtime period that lasts a long time, by the end of that period you can tell the, there's shorter shifts because the players are just getting tired, and you know eventually, especially like in a double overtime or triple overtime, it it just becomes sloppy hockey. You're like you might as well be watching beer league because everybody's so tired they're not really playing mm-hmm. at a peak level so I cannot even imagine what it must have been like after you know five hours then six hours since like so many hours of hockey they were they just like crawling on their knees my they, goodness they said they they were just like they had food in the dressing room and they were just trying to eat because like your body just burns so many calories <laughs> that you need to, they were people were cramping they said it was it was brutal I mean but at the end of it they're like you felt like you've lived through something do you know what i mean I suppose, like yeah those, those, those guys are brothers experience. forever <laughs> forever we will talk about this game forever so yeah so it's um overtimes are like i said it's the shootout during regular season is sort of controversial it's, the shootout people don't mind until their team loses by, by a yeah. shootout <laughs> and then it's the most unfair thing and and in particular and and this surprised me because during uh Junior World Championship, which happens over, it's like over Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, um, Mm -hmm. where where the major junior teams play their little playoff thing. Um, Well, their world, I'm sorry, their world um, international competition against other national international teams. It came down to Canada versus USA, and they went to a shootout, and Canada lost. So there was a lot of like, shootout should never be played in these international tournaments. And I'm like, well, it was fine when you all were winning. Mm -hmm. But um, there was a little bit bit of grumbling about that. And I kind of think, you know, I can understand especially if you're in a tournament type situation where mm-hmm. you know, your timing might be a little bit more critical because you've got a lot of games to play and you do do that. But it just seems like that level of competition, like a shootout seems like a cheesy way to win. Yep. And I mean, sometimes it, depending on which international competition you're, you're watching, uh, they, they sometimes change the rules from year to year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think it was, um, 
I can't remember which competition it was fairly recently, but it was hilarious because even the announcers weren't entirely sure what would happen if they went to overtime because sometimes it would be like during the round robin, like early part of the of the series, it would be one set of overtime rules. And then once they get to the final gold medal game, it's a different set of rules. So it's just it's it's kind of hard to it's a moving target. It's hard to track. So it's uh <laughs> It's an interesting thing. At least with the NHL, uh, they've kept it the same for a few years now. Yeah. So, and the overtime has has not changed in in the playoffs in a long time. That's just been right. regular. But I mean, you couldn't do that during a regular the regular season because no, think about die. it. Yeah, I mean, how how these players have to travel in between games and mm-hmm. they have had to play a lot more games. And what about us poor schmoes who have to get up and go to work in the morning? Like I can handle this for a few weeks during the playoffs. I will I will drag my sorry carcass into work all bleary-eyed and have a venti Hockey Starbucks. Hangover. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't do that all season long. I would I would die. I would expire. I know. So thank you NHL for thinking of us fans and yes. our 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 real lives and our jobs <laughs> because mm-hmm. I just I couldn't do it and I My, can't imagine the players do it I mean they play 82 games and if they had to do overtime and double overtime or triple overtime mm-hmm. ugh no like so, they, they would be husks I, I thank the shootout my sleep schedule thanks the shootout so <laughs> very much well I was hoping that that we would have a winner during that game uh, the Boston Ottawa mm-hmm. game, but that yeah, hasn't we could happened. Have, They're we still playing. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's time to wrap this up because I think we're actually going into overtime on this podcast. We are, but you know what? They've, there's like 40 seconds left and that's probably about enough time for you to give us a hockey tidbit and then maybe something will have happened or we'll just know what's going into double overtime. Oh, this is true. I have a great hockey tidbit. This is one of my favorite things about hockey and it is Ooh. the goaltender headbutt. That happens at the end of every game. I know. My heart. When a team wins, all the good little hockey boys line up at the end of the game Mm -hmm. and they pay an homage to the most beautiful and pure player on their team, which is Mm -hmm. their goalie. So they all skate up to the goalie who's standing in the crease like a proud warrior that he is. And they just give him little hugs and they tap his head with their helmets. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love it. The goaltender is sort of this weird. I love. First of all, I love goalies. Goalies are like my favorite player on the team. But they're this weird combination of like Heimdall and Thor, like sort of standing there, like you shall not pass. The puck shall not pass me. I am a wall. But then, if anything like happens to a team's goalie, like if another team crashes into him or bumps Mm -hmm. into him, like everybody, this like everybody loses their crap and just like goes Mm -hmm. after him as if like he's the princess and needs to be protected. And they're just you know you're not going to touch my goalie. So it's sort of this weird combination of warrior and princess Peach. All at the same time, because <laughs> you know she doesn't take a whole lot of guff, but still she gets mm-hmm. rescued sometimes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So when they when they go up and they they show their respect to the goaltender for the amazing job that he has done in sometimes saving their bacon when they mm-hmm. haven't done such a great job out on the ice, I think it is a pure and beautiful thing, and it makes me happy. I, Good hockey boys. I think that's the that it may be our greatest hockey tidbit yet. I am. I am on board with the goalie love, 100%. All right, do we have a final score yet? 
As a matter of fact, we have the announcement that the game is going into double overtime. So, <laughs> Deb, you're on the East Coast. Are you going to stay up and watch this? I, I honestly, I just don't think that I can. It's 11.13 p.m. where you are. I don't blame you. Yeah. And I'm I, staying up for it, though. <laughs> I have a feeling that I probably will be checking the score at least. So... Mm-hmm. This podcast, unfortunately, is not going into double overtime, so we are going to wrap this up. And so best of luck if your team is still in the game. And if not, I have a really cute hockey song I think we'll put in the show notes. I tweeted that out today. (laughs) Don't even ask me how I found it because I won't tell you. Oh, dear. Mostly because I'm not sure. So if (laughs) you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes so other hockey fans can find us. Because every time you do, a hockey player gets a goal. And that's a true fact. Mm -hmm. So you have been listening to Beginner's Puck. Remember, hockey is for everyone, especially for you. Beginner's Puck is a Castria production for the Incomparable Network. Our catchy theme tune is Ephemeral by Sunspot. Have a hockey question you'd like us to discuss on an upcoming episode? Reach out to us on Twitter at BeginnersPuck, email us at BeginnersPuck at gmail.com, or leave a comment at theincomparable.com slash puck. Puck.